run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Well, Tyson, we haven't recorded an episode just with you and I for a while. I'm glad to do it. We're trying to get some in the can so we're ready for the summer. We know we both be traveling at various times, so I'm excited to be here to talk with you today. Well, that makes one of us, man. I'm just kidding. I, uh, I'm excited to talk to you, too. And I, it's a fun topic. Yesterday, we talked for a minute about this, this topic, not even a minute. We agreed not to even speak about it. You told me what it was, and we said, okay, we're not going to say anything else. So well, that, that's just a tease for the topic. What are, your, what are your plans for the weekend, though? This is the first of three weekends in a row where Nora has a softball tournament, but um, we're going to miss one of the games because her older brother, Yusuf, is graduating from high school today. Oh, is that a big deal? That's, what? That's a, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> Graduate high school. Um, yeah, we're excited. Congrats. Yep. Very he'll, cool. He'll be attending the University of Virginia in the fall, which is nice because it's going to be close to our new office in D.C. Nice. That's awesome. Very yeah. cool. Well, we got a birthday party this afternoon, but otherwise we're gonna have a lot of pool time. Lots of lots and lots of pool time. That's what that's what, that's what our weekend entails. So let's talk about our topic. Let, let, go ahead and introduce it because it's gonna be a fun one. The other day I had two messages. One was to call a potential client, one was to call a current client. Now, so today's topic is who do you call back first? The current client or the future client? And before we get to that, I wanna point out you know, our overall theme, which is that, you know, you should have lots of people in your firm calling everybody back, right? So we're, we're operating from the assumption that you have those systems in place. And, you know, if you don't have those systems in place, I mean, if, if you're the one answering your phone, that's a problem. If you're the one returning every call, that's a problem. But just conceptually, wherever you are on that spectrum of having help with your phone calls, however you do that, I think it's an interesting thought exercise. And of course, it's only a thought exercise. I wasn't really really being serious. Like, who am I going to call back? And with this one so much better. But I thought it'd be a fun topic because I figured you and I would probably have differing views on this. Yeah, I don't know. I think something tells me we're going to come down to the the, the same side of this, but it's a fun one. So like there are a lot of factors, but I guess before I say what my, my thought is and before you say what your thought is, I mean, you've got to, you got to take into consideration, okay, like, like there is the whole thing where like people like I'll, like consider uh, phone companies, right? There, there are people that complain all the time because like people that get new phones with a new new service with a new company, like they go over to you know Verizon, they usually get a better deal than if like they're a current customer, right? So you have to think about it from that perspective. Like, okay, what would you want if you were the if you were the client, right? You'd probably want to take precedent over the new person. Right. That's that's uh, that's a factor you want to take into consideration. You want to make sure that your current clients are happy and don't go somewhere else. Um, you also can take into consideration that they are a current client, so they're probably not going to go somewhere else. They're probably a little bit more patient than than a, a potential new client. And then, yeah, I mean, and those are just a few factors. And then on the other side, you know, like if you're a potential client, especially on the injury side, you don't call them right away. They're gone. I mean, they're going to go. Someone else is going to scoop them up right away. It's a little different whenever you're having to accept money. They're also, if you're not calling the new client, the potential new client of, of back right away, they're going to be like, okay, well, 
what's it going to be like during representation? So they might have some, there might be some red flags for them. So those are some factors to consider. This is just a few. What, what, whenever you were thinking about it, what were some things that you were considering? Well, so I just have it built in with me that I'm always going to call the future client first. I have a lot of people that, that follow up with the, the current clients, but I do think that most lawyers don't spend enough time focused on future clients. I know that everyone comes to us and says, I want more cases or I want more leads. But I think when push comes to shove, they are not having that mindset that you just mentioned when it comes to future clients, which is you need to jump on top of that. You know, and I, I say this all the time, like if Amani and I are trying to buy an appliance or, or go on a trip or something, and, you know, I call it the sales prevention department when they're these people who seem to actively be trying to thwart your efforts to do business with them. And, and if, if they're, if they're so dumb not to maximize and to optimize their intake of potential new calls, then they're probably not going to be very smart or systematic in handling my case. Yeah. And I, and I do, I want to reiterate what you said before. Like we do have people that, that call the leads back and we have people that call the, 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 the current clients back. So it is, we, we are sort of, this is our, our current situation, right? You and I have people that do this stuff, but that's, it is a fun thought exercise. I, but I want to go back to, you kind of jumped in and revealed your answer, but I, what were like, what are your factors? Like, why is it that you, that you think you should call the future client back before the current client? Well, I mean, I think that you're, you were right with what you said earlier. And that is that, you know, the future client is much more likely to go elsewhere than the current client, the current client in, in 99% of the, or I'd say 95% of the reasons they're calling are not urgent, right? They're not something that needs to be, happen right away. And, you know, I get a lot of, I actually spend a lot of time talking to people who are frustrated with their lawyers. You know, I have that, that live immigration show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I do hear from a lot of people that they're frustrated. They don't get to hear from their own client, their own attorney. Um, you know what's interesting that you say that we've been getting a lot of calls lately uh, from people that have cl- that have attorneys right now, and we're it, it is a weird thing. We're getting a lot of those phone calls. We don't normally take them, but we do some. Like we did take one recently where it was a it was an estate planning attorney that clearly should not have been. He was way in over his head, and it was not. He even had the client get their own medical records, which is just mind boggling to me. It was just, it was, it's a, it was a car crash case. It wasn't like a med mal case, but so we've gotten a lot of those calls and it was my, my attorneys, you know, not communicating with me is, is the main thing. And that's the other, like the other part is like, Oh, well, they're not, I don't think they're doing any work. I was like, well, have you, have you talked to him about it? Cause it, that's usually what we tell them to sit and to do is go, go talk to your lawyer about it. Maybe they're doing a lot of work. You just don't, you just don't know about yeah, I mean, and that's I mean, that's a good point. It's weird that you say that about the clients with, with or that, that already have lawyers because we just have we've been so many of those calls lately. Let me read. Let me read an email I received yesterday, and this is the person was telling me a little bit about their immigration case, and then they say, "My problem is my lawyer because she is rude to me every time I ask her a question. If I want to fire her and ask you to take over my case, how much will it cost me?" So, you know, uh, I I learned early on that you have to take client complaints about contacts from their attorney with a huge grain of salt. But, and I do sometimes try to help people, you know, there's ways that you can tell someone to get their lawyer's attention, right? Right. There, there's ways to get a lawyer's attention and usually an email with a deadline and a, Hey, you know, I'd hate to have to bring this up to the bar or, Hey, I'd have to switch attorneys that, that if the lawyers, con- now we've had people pull that and still don't get any reply. So, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So that that's on the that's on the far extreme. And obviously, this whole thought exercise that we're doing is sort of a loaded question because obviously we want to have the best customer service during the representation and before. But I I, I just brought it up more because. I think most lawyers don't spend enough time thinking about optimizing every call that comes in. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I wanted I wanted to really say, you know, I think this is sort of an easy call, but that you're probably our listeners are probably not spending enough time thinking about how to get back to potential new clients quickly to answer their questions, to put them at ease and 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 maybe put them on a path to hiring us. Yeah, I mean to me to me it's the, these it's an easy answer that it's you you call the the future client back, the potential client. That's that's who you call first, and you try to get them signed up, and then you call the other one. That to me, that I think you're right in. I think it's an easy one. But there are going to be people out there that's that they pride themselves on client satisfaction, and they like like that is like their hallmark, and so they're going to focus just on current clients. And those those might be people that have less clients. You know, those might be the people that have maybe this would be very unlikely. I'll use this as an example though. Let's say that your only clients like an insurance company, right? Well, you're going to call them right back. You know, if, if another insurance company calls you, you're going to probably wait to call. You're going to call your current client back. Um, so I think that's a factor too. If you're if you're more towards the volume side of things, you're you're definitely going to be focusing on future clients. If you're if you've got a lower volume practice, like not volume at all, then you're gonna then you're gonna focus on on current clients. What do you like, what are your thoughts on that part of it? Uh, I think you're probably right. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking about people in the guild and some that have sort of the larger institutional clients. They like to certainly handhold, and and certainly those those clients expect more handholding. You know, I to my detriment, you're right, Tyson. So I I was representing a local university with some of their H1B stuff, and I got an email one day from my contact and said, Jim, you know, you do a really awesome job. You're a great lawyer. But I think that your sort your focus is sort of more on the the consumer family stuff, and and we need an attorney who can handle us all of our stuff every single day. And you know, I, I think I think there's one other thing too about me that's a little bit strange, and that is that I like distractions, right? So my wife hates being on lead lead call duty. Like she she wants to be able to put her head down, figure something out, work on one thing, finish that, work on the next thing. I I think I sort of like that dopamine hit of the new client. I, I like hearing about new problems to solve. Like to me, once I've cracked how to fix a client's case, like I'm not too excited about actually doing that work. Like I'd rather be on to the next one thinking about how am I going to help this person? How am I going to solve this this particular problem? Ooh, here's a here's a cool issue that we haven't seen before. And my wife thinks that's just insane. Yeah, like there, for me, I'm, I'm very similar to you on that because I like the... I like the certain touch points of a case. I don't like the whole case as a, like, I don't like all of it. I, I just want like little touch points. Like I, I like the very beginning of it and I like the doing parts of the injury impact call, but it's such a long call that it's, it's kind of exhausting. It's 90 minutes long because but you learn so much about the person. It's really kind of a cool thing that we do. And then I like doing the demand and that that's all pre-suit. And then I like doing the trials. I don't even necessarily like doing the uh, the depositions that much anymore. I just like doing the trials. <laughs> so it's like there's very little little things I like to do about it. I'm not as distractible as you are though. You are you are the shiny ball man. That's for sure. I, I like my focus time. I'm a good mix between you and Amani. I like my focus time so I can focus on those things I like to do. Running your own practice can be scary. Whether you're worried about where the next case will come from 
feeling like you're losing control over your growing firm or frustrated from being out of touch with everyone working under your license, the stress can be overwhelming. We will show you how to turn that fear into a driving force of clarity, focus, stability, and confidence that eliminates the roller coaster of guilt-ridden second-guessing and mistake-making to get you off that hamster wheel for good. Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time is a step-by-step -step playbook that shows you how to identify what your firm needs and how to proactively get it at every stage of the game so you are prepped and excited for the inevitable growth that will follow. Name the lifestyle that you want and we'll show you how to become a Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. Find out more by going to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash course. So I had a nice chat with Dean Jackson this week. We talked for a while and I sent you the recording because I want you to listen to it. And the thing that we talked about is, you know, he's real big on Cloudlandia. So he views what we've just gone through as a migration from what he calls the mainland to Cloudlandia, right? And and he, he and I were talking about how that applies to the law and, you know, sort of like removing the strictures of the traditional law practice and even the way that lawyers practice, right? And so, you know, I was talking to one of the lawyers that I coach this week and we were talking about, you know, what he wants in his firm and he wants something very different than what I have. You know, we have like a very traditional law firm with offices and everything. And he's like, I don't need all that stuff. I just want to make X amount of dollars. And however it, however it gets to that is fine with me. And I don't need all that overhead. I don't need all this other stuff. And so it was an interesting conversation with, with that coaching member and with Dean, because I think that right now we live in this world where we can design the firm to let you Tyson do those things that you like to do and not have to do all the other things. And I think that's really where we're headed is that a lot of the routine and mundane aspects of the law are going are, are going to be more and more automated, more and more systematized. And the, the art of practicing law, the part that only we can do is, is going to be, is going to increase our capacity, right? Like we're gonna have more time to do those things because we're not having to do all this stuff. Like, I was talking to Haley the other day, she was sending out a new lawsuit and I said, let's just be clear for a minute. When I had your job and I needed to file a lawsuit, I had to print them all out, print out all the summonses, walk them over to the courthouse, get them all stamped and then mail them out. And so, you know, that, that's just going to keep happening until, until lawyers are left to do the stuff that really only we can do. And if you're not moving in that direction, you're in trouble. Yeah. What, what happened whenever you forgot your cover sheet, whenever you went to go yeah. file those? It was a pain in the ass. Yeah, you had to go back to the office. <laughs> it's a total. I remember it was a, I'd be in the middle of summer. I had to walk. It was about a quarter of a mile, which is not that far, but in the middle of the summer, it's a long way. And you're wearing a suit. You're, we were walking to the courthouse to go file stamps and petitions and get them filed. It's, it, you're, you're sweaty. But go, let's go back to Cloudlandia. What does that term mean, though? Oh, Cloudlandia is that we're all moving into the cloud, that, that we're, you know, like, for instance, for our office, I don't think we're ever going to have in-office consults again. And I remember specifically talking to Sean Hamp after his presentation or around his presentation at MaxLaw 19. And I think Jay, Jay might have said this too, is that, Jim, we sign up all our clients on the phone. And I was like, oh, that would never work for me. I have to have them in the office. I've got to, that was still when I was on that delusional thing of I had this magic touch and I could 
convince any immigrant to hire me, right? As opposed to trying to find the ones that were ready to do business. And, and I thought that this was impossible, that we could never do consults or sign up cases on Zoom or Blue Jeans or the phone. And of course, COVID put that theory to bed forever. And so that's the move into Cloudlandia. It's, it's just like the show that we're doing. It's whatever. It's, it's all the ways that we're sort of getting out of the physical world and getting into the digital world. So it's funny. Uh, the, the attorney that we hired, Anthony, he has really been not, not struggling. He's been adjusting to the whole getting things signed up over the phone and him not having to do it. It's really interesting because he's got all these habits of, of the law firm, uh, law firm owner that thinks he's got this like magical touch. And so he's having to really get comfortable with it. And he's like, and it's really interesting to watch him transition and realize, Oh, I don't, I don't have to drive all the way out to their house to get them to sign a paper copy and then bring it back to the office, have someone scan it in, put it in the file and then do another intake and type all that information in that can just be typed straight into the system. They can sign the contract over the phone and it's boom, it's done. It, he is, he is really just, he, he, he's adjusting to it. He's still, he had a, he had an in-person sign up uh, on Thursday. So, but it, that one was an exception because th this does happen. Sometimes the guy insisted and he was at, he was actually still in the hospital. So he had to go to the hospital. And I'll probably just tell people that we have this one employee who is immunocompromised and we can't have people in the office for the rest of our lives. I'll probably just say that, but you know, you might have Anthony listen to those first couple of episodes of me and Gary Falkowitz, because that, that those two or first two or three episodes are literally me writhing around like a fish on the dock, trying to do everything I can to not let go of that mindset. It's interesting that in your mind, you think that that, I know that you think that that's true, I didn't, I didn't receive it that way. Whenever I was listening to it, I, you seemed very receptive to doing whatever he said. You were, because, yeah, that's because I was completely frustrated. And, 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 and in those weeks leading up to Gary and I recording, I remember specifically that I had two Saturdays in a row with paid consults. I had eight consults in a row, two Saturdays in a row. So like from 10 until two, I did 25 minute consults and I got zero cases and that was it. That was, that was it. I'm ne I'm never doing this again is what I said. And then th that's why I was more malleable for Gary. I want to shift since we're sort of in this vein, sure. I want to talk a little bit because this is related to what we were talking about. And it's, I don't, I don't know if there's any excuse for you to have to call back a lead. I think that there should, they should be they, the phone, unless it was like comes through email or something like that. So, or a text message or, or some other means that they're not on the phone with you. Like I cannot stress the importance for any of us to try to get them signed up on that first call right away as quickly as possible. And, and Gary talks a lot about that in that both of you do in that episode, in the, the podcast series. Cause we've been like, I've been watching it like a hawk and we've, we've been really working on whenever the call is transferred from one person to the next, making sure that they're not on that on hold for very long. I even have in our call script, Hi, Jim, or Jim, it looks like you qualify for an for a case or an inv investigation with our firm. I can't remember the exact wording. It's, it's the wording that Gary recommended. And then can I put you on hold for less than a minute? Like that's what we put the, just so they know they're not going to be waiting for, for more than a minute. That's in our actual script. And I honestly, I'd prefer it to be like 30 seconds, you know, 30, can I, can I put you on hold for less than 30 seconds? And then you get someone else and then they get signed up right away. Boom. 
we're we're actually transitioning to because we we have it set up. It's actually already set up. It's just the fields are hidden for our triple C's, so they're not uh, able to do because they're not they don't feel comfortable yet. But we're working on training them that they meet certain criteria, which most of these people do whenever they're calling about a car crash. Uh, if they meet certain criteria, they can send the contract right away. Boom. And then it gets, tra- they, they make sure that the contract signed and then they trace transfer it to a case manager for a full intake. That's where you get them on the phone for a lot longer, but it, I, I just can't stress enough the importance of just keeping them on that phone and get, but getting it done as quickly as possible. I'm just curious. Like, so you all, um, you all use in attorneys though, in your intake though, right? Correct. Yeah. So that yours is a little bit different. Is it, is it hard to get an attorney on the phone? Well, let's put it this way. Even with five attorneys and different people on, you know, on duty for taking calls, we do have to call some people back. So my ears peaked up a lot. I mean, I would love to spend some time thinking about, you know, is it feasible for an immigration lawyer to get hired and have someone pay you 5000 or $10,000 without talking to a lawyer? If, if I could pull that off, that would be magic. Um, as of now, I haven't been able to pull that off. And so you're right that Laura Clark and I, my leads manager, we can tell when leads are going to, or when new cases are going to dry up three weeks out when the lawyers have been dodging the leads team to take those calls. So if the, the single biggest factor is whether the attorney hops on the phone or not, and if those numbers go down, then our, our new case signups go down. There's, there's no doubt about it. I'm going to, I'm going to put out a call to action for you, Jimmy. Uh, if there are anybody, if there's anyone listening to this that has, has perfected or close to perfected the intake process where you're actually taking money over the phone without the, without the necessity of a lawyer, reach out to Jim. And, and uh, I'm really curious to see, because I would, Jim, I would really like for you to be able to get away from that. Cause that'd be, I mean, think about how much, how much that would free up your firm to do other things. I mean, think well, about all, all so the person. Yeah. I'll tell you what we're thinking about now, instead of that, and, and this might be a bridge. You might be right. I, I mean, maybe I should hop on a call with Gary and do one more call with him. That would be fun. What I'm doing now is I've put out the word to some immigration lawyers that I know. And I've said, hey, if you guys aren't too busy, any interest in handling our attorney leads calls and just like actually having a lawyer whose job it is to do leads. And I think it would be attractive to some people. You don't have to do the work. You can do it from anywhere. And, you know, we would do probably a combo salary plus, you know, if a case signs up, you get boom. Right. So I think that's the thing. And then, and, you know, of course, I'd love to be that lawyer. Like, like, yeah. as a, like if I was 10 years ago or 15 years ago, that I would love that job. But, you know, I was thinking like a parent who stays home with kids or, you know, someone who's winding down their practice or I. So interestingly, I put out the word just on social and we've had seven people who are interested in that already. So um, I'm thinking two people work three hours a day and that's going to free up the lawyers to do legal work. So that's going to increase our capacity. That's interesting. And, and can I say one other thing about it? Yeah. Just real quick. You know, we talk all the time and Michael Gerber cemented it that, you know, if you're the one signing up the cases, if you're the one signing up the work and you're the one who has to do the work, then you're always going to have this internal conflict. And like, as I said to my wife, I have three of these waiver cases on my desk and now you're calling to give me one more. Why in the hell would I want to take this? Nah, I think, I think I'm going to turn this case down. Right. But if I have lawyers whose only job it is, is to, you know, in the before unit and is to deliver 
new cases to the during unit, you know, that's the final straw, Tyson. That's the final. If I can break that, then clock out. Our cases are going to go through the roof. I know it. And we'll go from getting 75 cases a month to 100 like that. I mean, I think back, you, you, whenever you said that, it makes me think back to like 10, 11 years ago, whenever uh, I was doing criminal defense and we'd get a, like we, like I was on, on my way to court. Right. And we, you know, we just signed up a, a case and like someone else calls. I'm like, gosh, damn it. Like I, another, in, like, it's like another intake, you know, like it's like, but it's like, like, why would I, like, why would you, why in the world would you have that thought when they're trying to give you more money? Right. You're so right about that. And, hey, we need to wrap it up though. Before I do, I want to remind everyone, go to the Facebook group. If you're, if you're listening to this and you've not been to the Facebook group, you are missing out. So join us there. If you're interested in the guild, maxallguild.com, just a lot of just great people in the guild, high level uh, information being shared there. And then remember the conference, MaxLawCon 2021. Go to com. Get your tickets because we will sell out. It's kind of crazy. Um, we're, it's, it's, people, are, people are ready to get out, Jimmy. So, And then also, if you don't mind just taking a couple seconds while you're listening to the rest of this podcast to give us a five-star review on iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? Boy, that reminds me. You know, Apple's search qualities in the podcast suck. I've been trying to find some stuff. So if anybody has, if you have a better podcast player than the Apple one, I know some people like that one. I think it's called Pocket Cast or something. I, I need to find something else because I don't like the one I have. But my hack of the week is I've been spending a lot of time. So I'm right at about a year of meditating at least 10 minutes almost every day. I think I've missed like three days this year. And a big part of that is breathing. And I use that Headspace app. And in my mind, I've always focused more on the intake, on the incoming breath. But this last two weeks, I've been focusing because based on some stuff that I read about the exhaling and about how, you know, he's sort of just pushing things out and letting things go as you exhale and just letting that exhale go longer. So I think studying the value of, of managing your breath would be time that's, that's well spent for people. I like it. It's like a... That's a deep hack, man. I like that. That's a good one. All right. So my tip of the week actually has to do, it's, it's kind of a tip within a tip. I used to, I, before I've recommended Uber conference and it's, it really is good. And I did not realize something about Uber conference and I'm, and I recently realized it. And I, don't, I don't know if it's a new feature or what, but we used to download our, our recorded calls, upload them to Otter and then download that and then add that to the file because we like the transcript of our calls. And we were, I'm talking about our fact-finding calls and our injury impact calls and um, any other calls we do. And because Otter is great, but Uber Conference has a feature where it has transcription built in now. So now all you do is go in and download it. And so if you use Uber Conference, which I really recommend, it, I don't know, Jim, do you use Uber Conference? We use Just Call. Okay. So, and I'm, I'm assuming the same thing. You have a, it's a recorded conference line, is all it is. And so, uh, we do these calls and it's it's really, really helpful. We used to do this thing where we'd fill out a questionnaire. We'd actually type it in as we were going. Now we just do the transcript. It's it's just way easier to do. We still go through the questionnaire. We just do the transcript. So that is my tip of the week. Jimmy, good talking to you, buddy. Have a great week, buddy. You too, man. See you, buddy. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. The Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content. content. Go to MaximumLawyer.com Have a great week and catch you next time.